Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, this is John Duffin here from Duffin Media. Welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the place to find your best, most authentic business voice. Get what you want, find what you need, improve your results, generate more sales, make more friends. Well, I can't guarantee all of that, but my intention is that I get you there and I know I get you there as you continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a whole bunch of other places. Uh, and we're thrilled that you're back. And by the way, you heard me laughing in the beginning because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm really excited and I laugh in honor because the fact was what I was about to say was if you live in the Philadelphia region, if you've attended or participated in an event, or if your ears were tuned in about 15 seconds ago, <laughs> you're going to recognize this voice. I get to introduce and spend a little more fun time with my friend, public address announcer, commercial spokesman, narrator, and a whole lot more, John McBride. Welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. As I'm here every episode <laughs> for the first 23 seconds. And the last, and the last 15. And the last as well. So folks, that's already a clue. Stick to the end because you're going to get a lot of John McBride today. John's my, my announcer. And when I started to record the podcast, to me, it was kind of a no brainer. I needed somebody that wasn't me. I needed somebody that, um, energizes, makes me feel good. Um, to use John's words is, you know, that sense of community, but I also wanted that sense of excitement. And that's why I got John. John has done a ton of things. And as I said, if you've lived in Philadelphia, you know, uh, calling marathons, the Philadelphia Marathon, the Broad Street Run, Mummer's Parade, um, charitable events, sports in the Philadelphia region. John, I'll ask you right on the bat, right now in 2022, what's your favorite thing to do in terms of, of calling events my, or using your voice? My favorite thing to call? Mm -hmm. Well, are you asking what singular event or are you asking uh, the great type question. of event? Type. And then we'll go to singular event. I mean, but yeah, type first off. Probably the races I do. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really high energy all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm doing an update, like just, so people know, John Duffin, as I'm sure you all know, his motto is bringing your message to the finish line. Yes, sir. I'm the voice that brings John Duffin across the finish line. Listen, and way more than once. That's to me, uh, the mark of excitement and necessary folks i can tell you several up close and personal stories one that happened as recently as this past late fall um and i love it so if you anybody that's in the region has run a race and for me i do that that's hence as john said that's 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 the brand running your voiceovers to the finish which john very acutely got so for me it's 
because I've run distance races. So in Philadelphia, there's a couple of landmark races. And the truth is there's a lot of them. There really are a lot of them. It's not a couple. But the ones that to me stand out if you're in the region happen to be the Broad Street Run. And I'm going to add the Philadelphia Marathon because, as I said, they're unique and specific to the region. And so, John, for how many years now, man? For the Philadelphia Marathon. Right. It's been about 14 years. Wow. I, I had a run of six. Then there was a change in the city representative's office. Mm -hmm. uh, turned out to be not a good change. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't involved for a while. Then uh, Parks and Recreation, when another change happened in their city representative's office, was brought back in. And I got to join the finish line announce team again. So it was run of six pretty decent gap and now it's been about a run of eight oh. with the broad street run 30 consecutive years at the finish line and i include the pandemic year when we didn't have it the year of 2020 because the broad street run was run virtually yep an app was created and i was the voice for the mile updates to start and to finish on the app so something i was able to do uh record, produce, and compile here in my home studio. I find that spectacular. By the way, I know that firsthand of the virtual part. Folks, if you're in the region and you're aware, the Broad Street Run not is not just a marquee race. And when John says 30 consecutive years, it is, it's a Philadelphia tradition. And that's going to be one of the fun things that I get to talk about with John are these traditions that are unique to the region, <clears throat> pardon me, but that everyone can identify with. So I, with Broad Street Run, I ran that virtual race. I, you carried me, this is a slightly sad story, but it's okay. <laughs> because I had had a slight streak too. I've been running it since 2015. And so uh, I remember I'm running virtually and I remember at mile seven and every mile, John being a master of puns and spinning language had something cool to say at every mile that was- No, no, no I'm not a master of puns. I'm a schmuck. I'm a <laughs> schmuck. <laughs> I will use whatever brand and title you want to go with. That's great. That works for me. Uh, but here's what, on mile seven, why do I remember mile seven so much? Because my phone tapped out. So I got John's something like, and I'm making this up, like, hey, you're in heaven or at mile seven or something that was really fun and uplifting. And then the phone dies. So I finished the race, but it's not recorded. I don't get John walking me across the, or running me, me whatever, waddling across the finish line. And, um, and so I didn't get to hear you bring me in. So technically my streak was interrupted. But you made it across the finish line. That's exactly right. And, and that's your message mm -hmm. that you made it across the finish line. You started out, you made a commitment and you crossed that line. Absolutely. Just like you're bringing your client's message across the finish line. John, I'm very grateful that you said that, and that's true. And, and one of the people that gets me to do that is you, um, in, in the sense that I think of the races. And while you're not technically running those events, you're not running in those events, you're running those events. And these are long, long time commitments 
in a lot of different types of weather and a lot of it not good. So they often just run these races, rain or shine, as they say, and outdoor events. When did you, so 30 years ago, you're calling Broad Street. When did you start making live event calls? What do you mean? When I, Meaning when did you begin? When I, when I, when I did, my very, when I did yeah. my very first live, live event yeah. or when I committed to, to myself that, you know what, I can do something and make this a second career, maybe the solid career. Let's go with that. The Be second part? Correct. Okay. Well, it, it was much more recent than 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I did the Broad Street Run as a staff member with Philadelphia Parks and Recreation with whom I've had a good 38-year career. Amazing. Uh, but we all have a point in whatever career we are in where we look in the mirror at a moment of crisis. It doesn't matter where that crisis comes from, whether it comes from uh, a marital split, whether it comes from uh, work anxiety, whether it comes from a need to move or a need to service someone else in your family, you have a moment of crisis where you say, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. 2008, I had that moment of crisis. Mm. I had to look in the mirror and say, what else can I do? And I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, hey, do you mind if I follow up before you continue? Uh, I just thought, would you mind, uh, is it too personal to share what that moment of crisis was? And I'll gladly share mine. Uh, I don't, well, well, it has to do with parks and recreation. It has Perfect. to do with the supervisor okay. that I was banging heads with. Yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to go negative because I was able to address that head on. Uh, I was able to deal with my issue. Uh, I was able to deal with the person that was my issue mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been rectified. So I don't want to stir up a negative past. No. I want to look forward to a positive future. I want people to see, I love that you shared that. I want it, you just, you just nailed it. I want people that are listening to hear simply that you're not that you and me, everybody, you're not that unique. These situations, you might listen and hear that and think, eh, that's not a big deal. They can be debilitating. To me, I was going through extreme work anxiety, extreme, and everything felt difficult and I wasn't feeling appreciated and I just was running out of gas. The words I used, I tapped out. Um, and then to me, that felt like a real sign of weakness. However, you just addressed the other part, which is really where I went ahead. So you make new decisions. And this is like these acts, what I'm going to call them, of bravery. So talk to me about that. It's 2008. Now you're going to make a new decision. Right. Uh, I looked in the mirror and I said, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And people have said, well, to me several times, well, you're, you do good work with your voice. And I announced some high school basketball games yep. uh, back then. I was doing the Broad Street Rod at that time. Uh, and I did a couple other things. But. I was doing a couple other things. That was it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't reaching out trying to find other things. I was doing what came to me or what was in my tight little circle. I wasn't looking to expand that circle. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, this is something I have to pursue. So I looked into finding a voiceover teacher, a voiceover instructor, and I found Chuck McKibben. Mm. Uh, 
Chuck is a former advertising uh, director in New York City. He's a former voiceover talent himself. Uh, he's been on the radio as a DJ at several stations across the nation. And he was producer in his early years for Mel Blanc, the most iconic voice in the voiceover world. Uh, in fact, he, oh. he's written a book about Mel Blanc mm -hmm. and his personal experiences with him. Uh, I could not have found a better teacher. Uh, one of the first things I said to him was, for at least a year, I don't want to audition for work. Now, that wasn't me being a coward. Yeah. That was me realizing I'm coming from absolute ground zero. There's a lot I've got to learn. Uh, I My voice may sound good to people. Right. But it's got to be better than sounding good. Uh, you got to get the Philadelphia out of your mouth if you want to audition for national <laughs> role. Am I right? Sean, oh, you got two Philadelphians here. Every so often, you, oh, it couldn't be more true. And I really thought I got it out until you do actual auditions and work. And then I, I literally, for me personally, is like, hey, there's Johnny we, Philadelphia. Uh, you know. We are all aware of the word water. We're all aware of that. <laughs> you mean water? But what gets um. us are words like wrong and song. When they come out wrong and song. Wrong. When Ooh. Tina Fey would do that on Saturday Night Live, she was nailing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nailing it. Because we we elongate these words. We say it out of our nose instead of out of our mouth. <laughs> John, I work with a coach, Suzanne Solby. So Suzanne Solby's job amongst a lot of them, by the way, is she was the voice coach for the cast of Mayor of Easttown, the HBO okay. show. She yeah. coached, now here's, this will sound interesting. She coached the opposite. She had to coach the Philadelphia in to the cast. And yes, she, she did. About the difficulty. She had everybody but the lead. Um, she had the entire rest of the cast. And she said it was so hard. And she taught me the techniques. And then I paid her to reverse it for me. To try to get some of that, as you said, coming through the news and wrong and delco. And <laughs> so I'm still a work in progress, by the way. We all are. Not to worry. <laughs> So, so you're getting coached and you're getting coached by elite pros. Right. Chuck, what we did is we, we poached scripts mm -hmm. uh, from one of the voiceover sites. Never, never tried to submit them. Didn't go anything backdoor. It was just to use his practice scripts. Not only did it practice on my diction, uh, on getting the Philadelphia out of my mouth, uh, also practice the ebb and flow. One of the great things about John Facenda, the mm. legendary newscaster and voice of NFL films, was that John Facenda could read music. And so when he would get his news scripts, he would put them on music-lined paper. And he'd have the words up and down and at the key points. And that's how he would present it. And he would do the same with NFL films. While I can't read music, 
I am aware that that is something that you need to incorporate whatever script it is that you're reading. So we worked on that. And then we worked on technical things like how I'm going to build a home studio, mm-hmm. how I'm going to use the software. I use Full Edit Pro 2.0, uh, setting my noise gate, things mm-hmm. I knew nothing about. So I can't say that I'm a studio techie, but I'm a little bit more techie than I was. And I owe that to Chuck. He thoroughly prepared me. Wow. Now I had, you know, then I started auditioning for jobs. Mm-hmm. As you well know, it's not easy. Nope. You know, you got, seems like you've got to audition a hundred, a thousand times to get five. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten a lot of voiceover work, but what it did in me, it instilled the confidence in me to say, hey, if I'm getting these jobs with the Broad Street Run, with the Philadelphia Marathon, just from being there and being me, perhaps there's other race companies out there and other event producers or athletic directors that would want me doing their games, their live events. Yep. One of the ironic things is that they tell you when you're studying voiceover, besides getting the Philadelphia out of your mouth, you got to get the announcer out of your mouth. Oh, oh God, I've learned that the hard way. Uh, and that makes <laughs> when I don't even realize it. I love it. Tell them, tell the, tell our, tell our loyal fans what you mean by getting the announcer out. When you read a script, everything says warm, conversational, draw people in. Don't do it announcer style. They want you to say something like, you know, Suffering from diarrhea is not fun, but you don't have to suffer when you take X-lax. Hey, would you Instead do me a favor? Instead of going, you yeah, know, do it. suffering from diarrhea is not fun, but you don't have to suffer when you take X-lax. <laughs> okay, that has so made my day and sadly will not come out of my head for the rest of today. <laughs> so thank it you. It doesn't sure. come out of your head. Oh, oh, oh my God, I set you up. Jeez. I'm taking x <laughs> I, I can't believe I threw that kind of a layup to you. That's awesome. And, th- and see, John's a finisher. Um, John McBride is a classic finisher, and that's one of the favorite things about him. Now, <laughs> to quickly veer away from that, but here's the other thing. Right? In addition to sounding insane when you're, like, announcery, the other thing somebody taught me... Um, Colleague and a very, very dear friend, Bill Kalejas, um, director of an ad agency and a very good friend, said to me the logic, too, was announcers tend to sound like they're telling somebody what to do. And you either sound wildly disconnected or you sound bossy. And the last thing people want anymore is to be told what to do. So that's part of the, in terms of the coaching that I get, you're making suggestions, you are engaging, you're bringing people into conversations or thoughts. And even though they're still written like commercials, I can't yell it at somebody. I can't sound, as I said, like Don Pardo, like, (laughs) sorry, I can't stop laughing. (laughs) Exceedingly well done. But that's great that, that you bring that up because again, it's that sense of, so So what do you do, right? So you realize you get confidence, you do work. And then, my God, walk me through, because John's a master 
at live events. And I want to come back to that, not just the commercial stuff, but the live event stuff. Um, You're giving me too much credit. Let no me way. tell you that right now. No way. I appreciate the compliment, mm-hmm. but I don't look at it as being a master of live events. Mm-hmm. I look at it as I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. And, it shows. and that's so the truth. The work I'm of enjoying it. what I'm doing. Yep. So walk, when you enjoy what you're doing, John does a hell of a lot of work to get involved and has coached me in that regard. Um, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is, is you are you are wildly skilled at preparation. Were you always? Is that in your DNA? Well, I didn't take any notes for today, so the answer is really no. <laughs> but you have lived great. But um, yeah, man, right? And so... Sometimes you learn the hard way, right? But there are things you can do to make that hard way a little easier. I mean, we, you and I, we follow the guidance and leadership of Corey Disney. Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh, God bless him. Yep. 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 One of the things I've done for years, for years, for decades, before I started tuning into Corey, but Corey says is absolutely right about Mm -hmm. is always have pen and paper available. If you have that and you walk into a situation where you're not prepared or you can't be prepared because there are times when you can't be prepared, you can get prepared quickly by having those two tools. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example with my announcing high school basketball. Yes. I used to go to a website called Max Preps. It's a high school sports website. It lists all the different schools uh, in all the different states and all the sports that they have. Mm-hmm. And I would go to these, I'd go to the site, find the, the opponent for the home team I announced for, mm-hmm. and then go and get their roster. Now, the site is dependent on someone from the school having the interest to put it up there. Mm-hmm. If there is no roster, well, you know, you know, you have to show up to school a little early and get it from the other team. Mm-hmm. That's actually fine. The problem is when you have no updated roster. Mm-hmm. I've been burned a couple of times by this. Uh, they might list kids that have graduated, and you look at it and you go, "Huh? What? Oh, that kid's gone." Uh, They list, one time I got burnt by it, they listed the previous coach. So when I announced the coach, obviously I got the name wrong. Sure. I also got the gender wrong. (laughs) And the crowd went, oh. Yeah, of course. Well, I I looked and I immediately, someone whispered her name to me. And I gave an immediate apology, announced her properly. And after the game, I, I was, I was crestfallen. I went up to her sure. personally mm-hmm. and I said, look, I am really sorry. That should not have happened. And she was great. Mm-hmm. She said, look, we're having a really rough season. And that gave us a laughable moment. Oh my it God. took a lot of anxiety and edge off. Wow. There's no problem. Mm. I offered to do their senior game for free that year as a way of making amends for it. Uh, she thanked me for it. Didn't take me up on it. Uh, 
but I felt awful by that mistake. But I learned my lesson. Right. I don't go to max prep anymore. Mm -hmm. I go to the school an hour early Mm -hmm. and I get that roster. If I have to get it out of a book from a manager and, you know, bug the coach to make sure I get the pronunciations right. Fortunately, I don't wind up bugging the coach. Uh, There's an assistant coach that is usually very helpful Mm -hmm. where the team manager is. Uh, But that's where that pen and paper Mm -hmm. come in handy. You know, well, you, you, you try to be, you try to be prepared, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to know your sources and that's, a, that's a respected source, but it's highly unreliable because it's dependent on outside influence. So you share that. And I love that story, folks. I know firsthand the diligence of what John McBride Um, does in regards to this announcing preparation. Listen, people have asked me repeatedly, up to and including yesterday, is voiceover a competitive field? And the answer is yes. And I include public address announcing in that. Of course it is. A lot of people want to do it, and there aren't an unlimited number of possibilities. However, what it also is, at least from my experience, is um, inclusive and kind. John gave me an opportunity last year, as a matter of fact. Um, one of my dreams, and I have talked to John about it in the past, was I wanted to do public address, address announcing. So there was an opportunity where John is busy now to the point of it's not just two places at one time. It's six places at one time that John often gets called for. And an opportunity came up to for me to address a high school basketball game. Never had done it in my life. Never. So... The beautiful part is that John walked me through the steps that you just heard. The pen and paper, going up to the assistant coach. The most important thing that I heard you just say, and all of it was great, is show up an hour early in in, in terms of just so be prepared, be ready, and be teachable. And so that's a gutsy move because I learned I got shy all of a sudden when I'm walking across the court. Oh, you do? pronounce the names for me or tell me the names and the numbers for me. I still sometimes get shy, John. And and here's why. As you're announcing the game, you have a job to do Mm -hmm. that's ancillary to the game. Whether, let's be honest, whether we do it or not, that game's going to be be played. Yep. And you're walking to ask a coach pronunciations for certain names when he's trying to figure out if his star player's ankle is okay. Right. uh, If you should be playing man to man or a zone defense, uh, having to deal with an angry parent because their son or daughter isn't getting the time that they feel they deserve. Right. uh, Trying to, you know, it, trying to deal with the emotional roller coaster that teenagers all go through Mm -hmm. boys or girls and they express it differently. That coach doesn't care whether we can pronounce a name or not until we mispronounce the name. (laughs) Yep. 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 But that's the environment we walk into. So the manager I have found is always the better person to go to 
the manager might not have all the answers, mm -hmm. but they will. The answers they have will be the best for you. Yes. And definitely, when it comes to pronunciation, they can handle that. The coach doesn't have to worry about it. The, the answer they might not have is who are the starting five, and that's mm -hmm. where you have to go to the coach. And it's also where you know the rules. Uh, with high school basketball, for example, the starting five for each team has to be in the official scorebook 10 minutes before the game. So you know, nine minutes before the game, you can get those five. Go to the scores table. <laughs> right. And as long as you have the roster written down mm -hmm. and with all the numbers, and hopefully this, the class here, the positions you can, the positions you want for the starting five, but if you don't have it, you can do without it. Uh, as long as you have those three things, the number, the names, and the class here, you just need to look at the book, circle those five numbers, and you have your starting five. And now you still have eight and a half minutes to play with to organize yourself. So which isn't, which isn't really a lot, but if you've done that prep work, it's enough. I'm learning it on another level this year. How so? I was asked uh, because of an emergency situation to be the JV coach for Gwinnett Mercy Academy as well as announcing the varsity games. You're now, a coach? The, the varsity coach, varsity coach is a tremendous coach. He's yep. in two Hall of Fames. Mm -hmm. I used to coach with him back in McDevitt when I did coach. Right. His, his JV coach had to leave because of a family situation. Fortunately, everybody's okay. Yeah. She made the absolute right call when she had to make that call. Mm -hmm. He needed to turn to someone on game day to get through that game and then, you know, see what we could do moving forward. So I agreed to coach for the rest of the year. That now creates, you know, a real time cooker for me with regards to preparation for the varsity game. Right. And now I'm showing up 45 minutes before the JV game. Actually, 45 minutes before the JV shows up to warm up for the JV game. Uh, so I can set my equipment up and I bring my own equipment because the gym has a hardwired mic. They don't have a wireless. Yep. So I bring a wireless because, <clears throat> let, let's face it, in the it, wireless gives you a little bit more freedom of movement. And while we're still dealing with effects of a pandemic, mm -hmm. you have to have better spatial relationships. You don't want to be tight at a small table with three teenagers as they're, you know, doing the clock and keeping book for each of their teams. You've got nowhere to move. And, and nobody's terribly helpful because they're doing their own jobs. So it's not as if you can ask them to move over or get me this or get me that. You're There's even, no space to move over. None. But, but having the wireless mic and the antenna box allows me to move to the other side of the court by myself on a table. I'm not pressuring them. They're not bothering me. Yeah, there's some adjustments made. I'm not going to get every foul called. I'm not going to be able to look over their shoulder at the book on who has how many fouls or how many points. Right. But they can be sacrificed in the name of safety, in the name of health, and in the name of presentation. So, but 
I get there now 45 minutes early before the JVs arrive to warm up. I set my equipment up. I go through the book for if we're playing the team a second time to get the names, or I jump on, figuratively jump on that manager immediately, explain what I got to do for the varsity game, yeah. and get all those names before the JV game. Now I can set my station up. Mm-hmm. So when the JV game ends, I can talk to the team for five minutes and still have about 10 or 15 minutes to prep for the varsity game. See, I think there's so much good to be taken from that sense of preparation, anticipation, and what have you. I want to move directly to another event um, where I feel as if you were a direct benefactor simply for that sense of understanding space, preparation, and time. And folks, if you live in Philadelphia, another event that you might be wildly familiar with happens, it just happened, in the Philadelphia Mummers Parade, which is typically a New Year's Day event that runs down Broad Street in Philadelphia and is covered on television and people attend live and it's also weather conditional and this year it didn't run on the first it ran directly after based on weather John you got to call that event at a very pivotal time walk me through how you were able to make that work not just for the listeners that attended the event live but for you well first we got to do a little backstory I like I was, how I was working the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hired as I was. I shouldn't say I was hired. Yep. I was given the opportunity as an employee of the city of Philadelphia. The city conducts the parade for the mummers. And we give auxiliary help staff, uh, marshals that march the different groups in the different disciplines up the street, whether it be the fancies, the wenches, the comics, or the string bands. Uh, crowd control, uh, transportation. Uh, there are a whole lot of different needs. 2009, the two, for the 2020 parade, I was asked to provide music and provide hype mm. for the city hall area. My job was to bring my laptop yep. with... Uh, you know, my virtual DJ program and my music. And when there were gaps and the, you know, TV's on commercial and we're waiting for the next group to march to the area, provide some music. Also the hype the crowd up. It's Uh, a long day. It is a long day. So that that requires some work to keep people engaged the entire day. It does, but I, I, I'm not going to put all this on my shoulders in, in a bragging sort of way. Mm-hmm. I don't really have to hype them up that much. They're already hyped to begin yeah. with. They're yeah. there to see the mummer. Yep. Uh, I'm there to take them to the next level. I'm here to engage them. Uh, but there's things that you learn about the parade. In 2020, I didn't know that the fancies, the wenches, the comics, and the string bands all have their own narrator. In fact, the comics, the three comic clubs, each have their own narrator. Mm -hmm. They're part of the club. 
it makes perfect sense. Right. Uh, what I did is introduced the narrator to the crowd. Uh, Joe Pandola is the name of the gentleman who does the narration for the wind. So I'd come out and playing some music and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, right now, we are going to present to you the most pure form of mummery going back to its foundations in the 1800s, the wenches. And to tell the story of each wench group, it is my honor to introduce to you Mr. Joe Pandola. Then uh, I step aside. Mm -hmm. And he tells you the wench group that comes up. Maybe there's a little story with Iraq. And then he goes, great job, great job, and tries to get them moving along. Mm -hmm. And as they move along and there's space created, that's when I play some music. If you are from Philadelphia and you know anything about the Mummers Parade, you've all heard of a group called Froggy Car. I know. <laughs> all right, Fro Froggy Car is, let's, let's just say, a very enthusiastic group. Oh, there you go. Nicely put. Maybe a little over enthusiastic at times, but mm -hmm. enthusiasm is their hallmark. Mm -hmm. As they were dancing around in the 2020 parade, they weren't moving. And I said to the gentleman, you know, do you want me to play some music? And he turns to me, he goes, oh, Christ, no. If you play music and they like it, they will never leave. Right. <laughs> They're having a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, so... It was a little counterintuitive, but it was a great tip. You know, the parade does have to move along. It, yes, it does. That's the very nature of the parade, to keep moving. So it was a great tip. Anyway, 2020 parade, when the string bands came up, they had their own announcer. He had his own music. So we switched out. I introduced him, and I was done for the day. Obviously, 2020 parade, 2021 parade did not happen. Mm -hmm. 2022, the parade's coming back. I was asked again to do the same thing. Hype the crowd, introduce the narrators, play some music, string band comes, time to go home. Okay, I got no problem with that. So the morning's going as it did in 2020. Everything's fine. I'm having a nice time introducing the narrators. Uh, I get to talk to them a little bit as they're waiting for their turn. Uh, I'm playing the music. I've got the crowd hype. I imitated Dwayne Johnson to start the parade. Finally, the mummers have come back to Dilworth Plaza. Okay, that just made me feel great. Um, John is a ton of Im imitations, and now that's just one of them. <laughs> Thank you for doing that, man. <laughs> no problem. In testing the microphone, I also did Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Do it, please. All right, I'm going to have to cut my hands to get close that's to okay. the proper reverb. Good morning, Philadelphia. Today is the day of your liberation. And where is Harvey Dent? 
that you have to wear a mask, so why not have fun with it? Why not right? have fun? So now, continue. Thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so the parade's going as it should. Uh, fancies, wenches, comic groups. Uh, as the last comic group is finishing up, mm-hmm. they're a little bit early, which uh, caused a decent-sized gap. They finished at 1230. String bands were not scheduled to perform at Dilworth Plaza until Mm -hmm. one o'clock. I will be forever grateful that the string bands did not try to rush up. Mm. That no, we're sticking to the schedule. We'll be there at one o'clock. Right. Which makes perfect sense because this is their Super Bowl. The Mummers Parade used to finish at Dilworth Plaza at City Hall. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they could get the regular season in from Washington Avenue all the way down Broad Street, and then their Super Bowl performance was at City Hall. Mm-hmm. Now it's reverse. Their key performance, their big one, the Super Bowl, is right away. Travel-wise, it's better for them because now their props can turn off on one way and go in the truck, and they can march the other way and just relax and perform. But if you're going to have a clunker, you don't have the opportunity to have that on your warm-up march at the different performance stations. Uh-huh. Your Super Bowl is right away. So, and I have a lot of respect for the string band. They put on some damn good performances. Serious time, money, and talent. Yes, are, you know, are, are and production values. And that's what I mean. This is yeah. serious production that goes on for each entity, each string band, and each year, outdoing the previous and outdoing the other bands. So what'd you do? So they have that gap. So I'm just playing music. I'm waiting for their announcer to come. Mm-hmm. I had met him two years before. So that's at 12.30. 12.45 comes. I don't see this guy. And I'm thinking, well, he he's not going to come at 12.58. Mm-hmm. He might come at 12.50. But if I don't see him now, maybe I should be prepared to do what he's done. Prepared. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I did have a list on the performance Mm-hmm. On the performance schedule for the string bands in the order they would perform. So that's the important thing I got out of the way. Mm-hmm. But besides introducing the Quaker City string band, mm-hmm. you have to announce their captain. You have to announce their theme. I don't have that. But I do have two things. Oh, please tell me. What do you got? What do you got? I bet you know what they are. Oh, because they had something to do. One of them a pen. One of them a pen. So the other must be <laughs> paper. Paper. I got pen and paper. There you go, baby. So now if I can find this information, I can write it down and have it in front of me. Do this. So I asked I asked a fellow Parks and Rec colleague who's dealing with the string band judges. If he could see if he could get me a sheet from them that would have this. 
Now, the judges were doing their thing, and so he went to get that. And then I had a brainstorm. Light bulb went off. Ah. Why not go online and Google it? Mm-hmm. There's some site, possibly inquire.com, maybe some other sites, that should have the lineup because they publish it every year. WPHL 17. Um, they they broadcast it every year, you know? Right. So they're going to have that 2022 lineup to tease everyone, to whet their appetite. Sure enough, it came up. And before he came back with the information, and he didn't dawdle, you know, he just he had to get the judge's attention. And right. they're focused on what they're going to do. I had over half of them written down. Mm-hmm. So I got them. I had them all written down by 1257. This is starting at one o'clock. So now I've got to do what I hadn't done before. Now I got to look for my friend, Tom, who is, uh, I'm going to call the show marshal for parks and recreation. When the band is lined up, he holds up, he, he will wear a bright orange, fluorescent orange sleeve, hold his arm up so he can be seen. And that's the signal for to introduce the band. And when the arm comes down, that's when the band starts performing. That is something I had picked up from watching the parade before and have made note of and listening Tom talk about his job. Mm-hmm. So the first band comes up. I read off the I read off the band name. I read off the captain's name. I read off the theme. Boom. We're underway. Okay, I did a pretty good job with that. The sound tech leans into me as we're watching it. He goes, yo, imitate Dan Baker on the next one. Philadelphia legend of mostly college, but college and pro sports announcing in Philadelphia. Without a doubt, like I said, again, legendary. So would you do it? 29 years, he's the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. For 50 years, he's been the voice of the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So I figured, why not? So this wasn't the second string band, uh, but I'm going to use the aqua string band as my example. Okay. Because I can remember all three facets of it. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting... The Aqua String Band, Captain Ken Maminsky with Riverboat Cruise. <laughs> so, oh, dear God, thank you. Aqua was uh, maybe seventh or eighth in the lineup. Right. I think Avalon was number two. But from number two on, I just stuck with it. And I found myself in the zone. I mean, we are our own worst critics with the things that we do. We are harshest on ourselves. But the few times that you know you are in the zone with everything, it feels great. Doesn't it? it Doesn't oh, it's it? yeah. It's electric. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I find it it's electric for yourself. But you can feel that electricity going out. Sure. I mean, you can feel the crowd reacting to it. Mm -hmm. And then I got my phone 
All of a sudden, my phone's dancing. It's moving like this. It's in my pocket, you know, jumping and vibrating and won't stop. Text messages, Mm -hmm. social media. I am, you know, there's people I haven't heard from are listening to me, like reaching out, like, my God, you're killing it. Yup. And if I never do it again, on that day, yes, I was killing. And it, it just felt fantastic. Uh, and there it comes down. Be, I wasn't prepared, but I was prepared to be prepared. Uh, that's big to me. That's big. And I would say, yeah, you are. You put yourself in a position to be prepared. I find that's the part I found brilliant was if you had shown up using the times at 12:57 just just saying right um I could I could have packed up my I could have packed up my stuff and said I was told I was done at one o'clock I'm done I'm done and I'm good and I had a great day and I did everything you asked of me and it's time to go so what you did is you showed the willingness you had you were willing to be prepared you knew the logistics you talked about having this the wireless and the sound you know at, at at a high school event you knew the logistics of this event the timelines and what have you and knowing all of that here's what i was realizing that and you're talking about being in the zone so what i was putting together in my head and i hopefully i got it right which there is there was one other there was one other oh, thing I, one other thing i did realize too mm-hmm. there was a level of import to this like I said, I was hyping the crowd up, right? Imitating the rock because right. the parade wasn't around last year. Yep. It was coming back. Well, it's being broadcast on PHL 17. And it was also being live streamed on social media, picked up all over the nation. Like yep. I said, I I got messages from New Hampshire, California, Florida, all over. To me, how how bad would it have been? This wouldn't have reflected on me, right? But if these bands are marching up the street, ready to perform, and there's no one to introduce them, sure. Now it, it's not about me; it's about the band. They need to be introduced. Now, could have someone stepped up and done that? Yeah, someone could have, uh, but. This isn't bragging. It, it, mm-hmm. If you say you're good at something and you say you love doing something mm-hmm. and you walk away from it in a moment of need, I mean, how much really do you love it? Yeah. And you, you can't all, you know, you do things for yourself. I mean, I'll admit, I hope the guy that was usually doing it for the string band mm-hmm. is healthy. Yep. Uh, that the, the only reason he couldn't be there was that the change of schedule conflicted. But, you know, I, I was grateful that I could be there and, and do it. I wanted to do it. There's no question about it. But the string bands needed it done, and they needed it done well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about me. I benefited from it, but the string bands needed someone to do it. 
because if that broadcast goes out and no one does it, or they go two or three bands before someone steps in, well, there's a gap in the production value. Exactly. And that's not on PHL 17, but it might reflect on PHL 17. Might reflect on the live stream. It might, you know, it'll reflect in the, uh, for those three bands too. And it causes in-house problems because a few of the string bands might start saying, hey, wait a minute. We didn't get an intro. That affected the score that they gave us. We deserved an intro too. Absolutely. You know, you need to keep, you know, because there there is a competitiveness to it. Right. A cooperative, just like voiceover work mm-hmm. and announcing, it's a cooperative competitiveness. Right. And that's what and that's what the mummers are. I love this. So they deserve that. Mm-hmm. They needed that. And I couldn't let that gap happen. I'm glad you didn't. Um, for me, but I also say I'm really glad you told the story because th- that sense of that sense of opportunity, that sense of preparation, that sense of taking a risk, that sense of being fearless, you know, um, and being well. In this well what was there? To, what was there? The, the fear. I mean, you'd make a mistake. You'd flub up. Sure. You, you, yeah, I could make a mistake. You know, fact is, I did. I'm just not going to tell you what it was. Right, that's okay. And nobody knows about that. It turned out to be very minor. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be very minor and on the tail end of something. Cool. Uh, but I have done a num I've done a few parades, mm-hmm. a few Fourth of July parades. I did the music with the mummers once before, mm-hmm. with the you know narration uh, introduction. I've done 30 years of the Broad Street Run in front of 45,000 people. I've done the Philadelphia Marathon. I do Delmo Sports. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of events that there is a similarity to it. I get nervous beforehand. I get the butterflies in the stomach. I want to do well. I want to brighten someone's day. And before I crack that mic the first time, yeah, I, I am a little hesitant. But once I'm in the flow, now I'm in my zone. Mm-hmm. I'm in my wheelhouse. If I'm having a good day or a bad day, it's still my wheelhouse. You know, if you're a basketball player, just because you had a bad game, but you love the sport, doesn't mean you're going to stop playing the game. Quit. No, of course not. Right. You know, you can have a bad half. You're still coming back for the second half to have a better second half. Well, that's what this was. I was guaranteed I was going to play the first half of this mummer's parade. The second half needed me off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... Like the junior varsity team, like the other events. I feel as if there's a recurring theme. Now, I, a couple, two more questions I got for you. I Because honest to God, John, I could go for the rest of the afternoon learning more. But I'm going to ask just two more questions for now. And I ask these questions of everybody. So I want to include you in on the fun for me as well, too. Folks, this is an audio podcast, so you can't see as much of what Let I... Let me guess. If I was a vegetable, what type of vegetable would I be? Oh, I was going to go tree, but all right, fine. We'll do vegetable. Um, no, it's neither. But if you would see the backdrop of, of 
memorabilia and Philly stuff and a couple of vet stadium seats that I'm going to question how they left that stadium. But here's my real question, which is simply this. Um, what are you aspiring to do that you haven't done yet um, that you haven't shared with anybody? And if you have that, would you share it today? I haven't thought about that. Mm. One thing I've learned, John, and I'm very lucky I learned this. It's not about the destination. Mm. It's about the journey. Uh, I never thought I would broadcast something, for example. Me neither, by the way. <laughs> well, I I've done public address announcing on all different sports. Mm -hmm. This fall, I got an opportunity to broadcast three football games never broadcast before it was a live stream broadcast that's okay it's a lot uh, it was youth football mm -hmm. but the guy that hired me said i've heard you pa announce i believe you could broadcast well too uh, it was a great learning experience and i enjoyed it it's certainly different than pa announcing mm -hmm. uh you know, you got to talk more. You also, you still got to know when to shut up so the action takes over. Uh, you, you get to share more thoughts. Uh, I don't want to say you get to be more critical, but you can be more critical in a kind way. Remember, these are kids. Right. Uh, you get to, and you got to apply some insight. Uh, one, one thing when I was broadcasting this game, uh, Fairfield, I forget who they were playing, but it doesn't matter. Fairfield was on offense. And it was second and five. I said, I said on my broadcast, trying to channel Vin Scully, not imitate him, but his cadence, his pacing. I said, this entire drive, Fairfield has been running plays to the right side. I think if they ran to the left, a little misdirection, might find them wind up in the end zone. Bang, next play, pass to the left, touchdown. Beautiful. You know, but it's, you get to say that. If I'm a PA announcer, I don't dare say that. No, that's not, I your, say, that's not your role. I job. say third down and five and let the play happen. happen. Mm -hmm. Because I'm broadcasting, I'm not interfering with the game. I'm not saying that over the loudspeaker. I'm saying that on a home live stream for something that people for something people can pick up on something. Maybe they're seeing themselves or maybe they haven't noticed. They go, Oh geez, that's right. At the end of the day, the uh, videographer turns to me, he goes, dude, ESPN. They need you, dude. That was great. There you go. Right. So I you know, I got a nice compliment. out. Of I got a great experience. Yep. And that wasn't on my destination chart. So I'm trying to stay away from final goals. I I'm trying appreciate to learn, that. grow, and enjoy the journey. And sometimes when I do these events down the shore, when I get done them, now I've done them a number of years now, but I still do this. I get in the car at 3 a.m. I'm in Atlantic City by 4.30. I start hyping the crowd at 5. The event goes off at 7 or 7.30. 
I'm done the day around 12.30, maybe one. Start walking from the finish line, which is on the beach or the boardwalk back to my car. And I look out at the ocean. I look at the sun. And I go, my God, someone paid me to be down here. This is fantastic. <laughs> and gratitude for an opportunity that yeah. you got. And I love that too. One, right. of the things, one of the things I try to do is with my uh, with my clients that I have an ongoing relationship with, mm-hmm. is I do try to give them one give back event a year, where, like you said, it's involved with a charitable function, yeah. or it might be something with a kids group. Delmo uh, Sports this year, they had a charitable function, mm-hmm. uh, a swim from Poverty uh, Beach to the Cove in Cape May. I did that one gratis. Uh, Another company I announced for Second Capital, one of the girls, and I I mean girls, like uh, 11, 12 years old, uh, in their youth program, for her birthday, wanted to set up a series of races. They don't want to party. They don't want people bringing 100 gifts. She wanted her friends to experience some races where she was the race director. So she worked with the race director of second capital mm-hmm. and he told me about it. And I said, I'll do it. And I said, and I'll do it gratis. Mm-hmm. It's a give back for what you're giving me. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, you, you made the kid, you make the kid feel like a million bucks. Plus you instill in her that she's doing some right things too. You're helping you support, you know, where she wants to. Our man, Corey Disson, talks about paying it forward. I think you just described it so perfectly. One last question, man. Um, who inspires you? Besides John Duffin? Oh, please, yeah, besides me. <laughs> All right. I actually have thought about this one because you put a post up the other day. Oh, okay, right. Where you talked about it, you know, a voice that inspires you. Yep. Uh I've thought about it and I've got answers all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through a few of them, but I'm going to end with the one that I think is most important. Okay. I shouldn't say most important, obviously. Uh, probably the one that has most inspired me is my mom. Uh, that's with everything. And I should have listened to her more. Uh, she saw some things that she she suggested I do or wanted to do that I didn't follow up on when she was alive. Uh, I start, I started to some when she was alive and I was very lucky that I was able to uh, share with her my start of the voiceover journey. Great. Before she passed away. Uh, and I owe Chuck McKibben a lot of thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't totally miss her message but I, when I was younger I definitely should have listened to uh, but voices that I listen to that inspire me yeah. in, ge- in general any voice where I can hear the smile come through mm. where they love what they're doing uh, one voice that uh, I'm sure I'm sure no one knows her uh, I hope that I'm wrong about that. And I've talked to you about her, my yoga teacher, Patty. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
when she teaches a yoga class, she's almost singing you through it. That's how much she knows what she's doing and enjoys what she's doing. And because of that, you want to do it some more. You want to follow. Uh, you can hear the smile coming through. Mm. Uh, one of the nice things, too, is in creating some little comedy skits for the radio show I do, she has she has lent her voice to a couple. And she's very good. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, Voice actors, of course, Mel Blanc would be one. Uh, I mean, he was, he so loved doing those voices for Warner Brothers. Uh, there's other current ones, Frank Welker, Mark Hamill from Star Wars. Ah. Tremendous voice actor. Uh, the Joker on Batman, the animated series. Hello, Batman! Me, the clown prince of crime. <laughs> I, you know, I love what he does getting mm -hmm. into that character. Um, and of course, the different public address announcers I've heard throughout my life, whether especially the ones in Philadelphia. Dave Zinkoff was a big early influence, 76ers. Lou Nolan, who's still doing it for the Flyers. Who, sure. Well, I have a good relationship with Dan Baker uh, with the Phillies. But the one that has probably most affected me and has made me go, wow, this is, might be what I want to do, was a man I only met once. His name is John McAdams. Uh, John was the Eagles public address announcer at Franklin that. Field. Uh, as you know, the voice of the Palestra, the voice of Drexel University, God. Wilmington Blue Rocks, minor league baseball, Philadelphia Firebirds, minor league hockey, St. Joe's Prep, high school basketball, Valley Forge Music Fair, which I learned from Lou Nolan, and so much more. John was a public address announcer, period, and he would go anywhere, do anything. Uh, he was a physically... He wasn't the typical sized man. He was a very big man. Right. Uh, I think that is something that popped in my head that said, hey, this is something anybody, any shape or size, gender, whatever, can do. Or age. Or age. Or age. Or me. Uh, I was fascinated by him when he was with the fire. Mm-hmm. And I kept tabs on him. Uh, one of the reasons that I had my brother schedule my bachelor party for a Wilmington Blue Rocks game is because John McAdams was the announcer. I wanted to hear him. Well, four, four or five years after that, when I was getting divorced, now we're coming full circle from bachelor party to divorce, I'm scouting basketball for Cardinal Dockerty. Uh, I'm at a St. Joe's prep game scouting their opponent, St. John Newman. I see it's John McAdams doing the PA in it. Uh, I recognize the voice first, and I see it's him. So after the game, I walk out the stands down to the floor, and I line up at the table, and a couple other people are saying hello, and I get my place in line. And when I come up, I said, excuse me. I said, I I've never met you before, but 
I remember you from Civic Center doing the Firebirds games. That's when I first heard you. Uh, I followed you through where you are at the Wilmington Blue Rocks. You know, you're a big influence on me, and I want, just want to say thank you for doing what you do. And he said, what's your name? I said, my name's John McBride. He goes, John, I want you to sit down for 10 minutes. He goes, you're interested in doing this stuff? I said, yeah, well, tell me some of the stuff you do. And I, I wasn't doing a lot back then. Mm. I told him, he goes, you really love it? I said, yeah. He goes, good, stick with it. Uh, he gave me a tip or two, and then he opened up a briefcase, and he pulled out a baseball card that the Wilmington Blue Rocks had made of him, mm. where he's on the field addressing the crowd on some special event day. I kept that car, that card on the visor of my truck for years so I could see it every day. Mm. Any time that I would go to an event, uh, you know, I would touch it beforehand, kind of a good luck charm. Mm. Uh, it got tattered, it got beaten, and, you know, I should have taken better care of it. But the card is only symbolic. It was the gesture and the kindness mm. from John McAdams that touched me. And I think about him all the time when I announce games. Uh, in fact, the other day, announcing a Gwinnett game, one father compared me to John McAdams. Oh. Huge honor. Every year when the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame has their nominations, I nominate John because I think he deserves that recognition and that credibility. Uh, and I'm hoping one day that he goes from nominee to inductee. That would be great. Uh, he passed away a number of years ago. Uh, and I think he is very underappreciated. And anytime I get to uh, sing his praises, I do. So of anybody that worked in a voice-related field, Mm -hmm. he's had the biggest impact on me. I only met him out. God, I'm so glad you brought him back to life and shared that with us. Listen, I was going to ask you, it's funny, but it's already going to happen, which is I was going to have you call me home for the end of this podcast, but the great news is you do anyway. So folks, you have just heard from my friend and Philadelphia legend with way more dreams to follow, John McBride. This is the only place I'm a legend up That's here. okay. That's plenty. And well, and here too. So I'm going to say, and I am thrilled. Okay, and two places. Right, John, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You were amazing. I love the stories. You sent chills through me. I know where to find you between your website and your social media handles, which will be listed for people to find you. Where do you prefer they go? You're pretty damn Anywhere active. they feel comfortable with. Okay. You can find, find me on the, uh, my website is www.jmcbpavo.com. And I will and it, have that, uh, I will have that listed on the post. Without you can doubt. find me on Facebook as John McBride. Uh, I've got the cheesy head in front of the Ben uh, 95.7 FM banner. Never worked uh, there. Just enjoy the station and enjoy exactly some of the hosts there. Uh, I got the same picture on my Instagram account, jmcb225, uh, and same picture on LinkedIn. Yes. 
folks. You will he John is so worth following. As you heard, there the stories really could be endless, and I love every one of them. So I thank you again. You were a rock star. Thanks for spending time with me and our audience, and thanks for all of the God Almighty, the incredible um, steps to at least get you moving. And I love your inclusion. I love that you've included me and that you've literally called me home. So folks, you're going to hear John call us home for another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received happily is found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a whole bunch of other places. Keep listening, keep sharing, keep liking, keep subscribing for more and more and more. And we will keep helping you get your voiceovers to the finish. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you all, and John, thanks again. Be good. Thank you, John, and thank everyone for tuning in to John Duffin of Duffin Media. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You get to hear it another time. Thank you all. Have a great day, all. Bye. And now, making its way across the finish line, your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.